0: So we're working on uh, one right now. It's a $27 million transaction in Tampa. Tampa market is pretty competitive. Uh, There's about 1,000 people a day moving to Florida. That has been accelerated by the pandemic. Uh, The the joke is when you go to the grocery store here, pretty much what you hear is a New Yorker yelling down the hallway to his wife in a Brooklyn accent. That's what you hear at the grocery store.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. We're back here with another episode. We took a little vacation, we had some fun, but we're back here with another episode of the Passive Cash Flow Podcast, and we have Dr. Mike Lawrence. How are we doing today, Mike?
0: Excellent. Fascinating. Really enjoy your content, Aaron, and coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me today.
1: Excellent, excellent. I'm glad to be back here in this in the seat of the podcast, doing another uh production here. Very exciting. Uh, Mike, you've been up to a lot of different things. I enjoyed our conversation uh, through the last few minutes, just getting to know each other a little bit. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what you do in the Florida Multifamily Group?
0: Yeah, sure. We create effortless tax-efficient monthly cash flow for the self-employed through Florida multifamily investing. And so basically, we're syndicating properties in the multifamily space here in what most would call Central Florida and some might call North Central Florida. So we're super, super focused in one area. And uh, we'll probably talk on the show here today about the concept between geo niching and wide area investing. And, and really, when you look at the multifamily space, the world breaks into two groups. Geo-niched investors, which is about, by my count, about 5% of all syndicators fall into that category. The other 95% of syndicators are wide area investors who typically invest in two, three, four, five states. So maybe we can talk about that here today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I always realize with real estate, it's location, 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 <laughs> but you know, it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. It's also more about boots on the ground infrastructure having good people knowing your market you know you could put me in a really great market but if i don't know it like i know my market i'm, not, I'm just not going to crush it um you know so I'm definitely on the same page there but let's figure out how we got to this conclusion and why well, we're the five percent that focus on buying where we live and everyone else is doing it different you know it's it's, it's kind of strange how, how'd you get started with this
0: yeah i think it probably goes back to way, 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 way back to when I was a kid. I, uh, I grew up in a dairy farm in Pennsylvania and I shoveled cow poop for many years before I decided that that wasn't going to be something I was going to do long-term. But everything, we had everything in one area, like the place where we went to get our meat, the place where we went to get the groceries, like everything was in about a three or four mile radius. So my entire life, growing up as a kid, it was like super localized. Like I literally didn't even leave the state of Pennsylvania. I don't think maybe once or twice before I graduated high school. Wow. So this whole insular concept of being hyper, hyper local, I guess was just part of my experience growing up. And I think it kind of stuck with me. And so I enlisted the Marine Corps when I was 18 to, uh, get off the dairy farm. Wow. And, uh, they had a program back then where they would take, uh, uh, so many kids every year that uh, signed enlistment contract and send them to college on full scholarship. So that's what I did. And I uh, went back on active duty as a lieutenant and did a couple deployments, got out of the Marine Corps as a captain in 05. And that experience of going all over the world, uh, there again, it further beat into my head that life and particularly real estate is a very localized game because we would go into all these other countries and much like me uh, all these other people that we work with i mean they grew up and really didn't leave uh, you know within two or three miles of where they grew up so although the world become more global i think the more global we get the more localized uh, life gets so that's kind of now we're going to bring it around to today is my wife and i sold the business in 2018 And we knew that we wanted to apply this concept that the riches are in the niches, but we weren't really quite sure how to do it. So we looked around and we said, All right, well, we're going to put our money where our mouth is and we're going to pick up and move to where we're going to invest. Because if we're going to take money from people, if we're going to ask them to take their hard earned money and write us a check and invest in our deals, ethically, morally, maybe legally, it's probably um, helpful to to de-risk that investment in the best way we can. And we felt like to do that was to pick up and move so we could be local to where we were investing. So we looked at a couple different markets for job growth and population growth and all the demographics that uh, you've probably talked about here on the show. And uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Dallas Metroplex that's that's you know DFW and Central Florida really were the top three when we were looking at them and we went and looked at them and traveled there and it just turns out that Florida is nice, the weather's nice, it's a very business friendly state, no state income tax, so that's uh, quite a blessing and uh, we just picked up and we went through the pain of moving here and and uh, want to be an inch wide and a mile deep
1: Yeah, no, I love that I love that that's a great mentality you know I recently moved myself and with my wife up to uh, southern Vermont.
0: Mm-hmm. We, uh,
1: I, you know, since uh, when the pandemic happened a year ago now, oh my gosh! Right around this time a year ago, the whole world was changing so fast, and uh, it was a pretty scary time. And, and we actually moved up to uh, Southern Vermont to enjoy just a couple weeks off, to kind of figure out what's going on, and uh, you know, just try to kind of re- reconnect here with uh, nature for a couple weeks also and um it was a great time but you know what ended up happening was as the w- things dragged on and and our airbnbs picked up massively here we realized holy mackerel there's an opportunity uh the real estate's cheap the rent is sky high everyone from boston new york is trying to get up here and so we we took advantage of that we we realized uh we, we built our holdings up here and bought three properties in in two months and uh just completely uh have been building and building our infrastructure here. So I live here now with my wife and and it's really an amazing place to live. I always wanted to live near a ski resort, you know, so I kind of killed two birds with one stone there. Dream come true for Aaron, also building my business, two two great things. You want to be happy and enjoy life as well. So, um, but it's so important. I agree. How do I honestly, you know, look, look my investors in the face and say, I'm going to take your IRA, your hard earned capital, put it into uh, an asset six states away. And I got ABC management and they've assured me with this nice PDF. They sent me that they will do a great job on my real estate. And, you know, and, and I get it. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a model that works uh, for a lot of people. So, you know, I can't knock it too much, uh, but I've also heard horror stories and, um, You know, there's risks investing, whether you're there or not. But at the same time, I think you got to be near your assets. If you're the GC, you're the operator, you know, you are the general partner, you're the person calling the shots. uh, It's hard to do it four or five hours away, five, six states away. You know, it it can be done, but it is harder. It it is riskier, in my opinion. And um, that's why when I talk to people, I say, you know, when you're shopping around for a syndicator, ask you, do they live in the market? Do they know the market Mm -hmm. or are they just hiring Third-party management companies because that's an added risk. Um, awesome, no, so that, that's cool. I like that mentality and uh, and that's uh, so that's worked out for you. Then it sounds like you've been uh, there. That and what was that? How many years ago was that? You
0: moved yeah, Florida? yeah, so we've um, we're coming up on a year and a half, and um, you know to to just you know when you're starting over in a new area, obviously you just can't snap your fingers and and hit the ground and be hundred miles an hour. So we had to really think very strategically about how to build a big pipeline of both networks, broker relationships, other owner-operators that we want to develop a relationship with them so that when they're ready to trade their property, they think of us rather than having 10 brokers come through and tramp through and give them an opinion of value. So it took you know a lot of effort and a lot of hard work to really put the sweat in. You know, A lot of people just see the tip of the iceberg, right? Well, what they don't see is the 70 hours a week for a year that I had to go through full time and build a massive database and relationships through Zoom meetings and coffees and all the other stuff that was hard work to be able to create the deal flow, you know, that we have.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so many, so many hours behind the scene to make it happen. You know, it's uh, it's an amazing industry worrying where it's uh, very glamorized, you know, in a lot of ways, HGTV and all the different uh, people selling you books and CDs, making it look easy, you know? <coughs> so you got to uh, really recognize yeah, that the amount of hours behind a computer scheme or just talking to people, connecting with people, Uh, It's a big part of what we do. You know, my partner, Seth Martinez is in charge of kind of the deal flow in New Jersey and boy, he'll talk to landlords for three or four years, you know, go meet with the diner every, every year. They won't even talk about the building sometimes. Right. Right. right? You just sit down and chat. Right. (laughs) And they just, you know, when people like you, they want to do business, business with you. Right.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say no to a friend. The people that know, like, and trust you are, it's just like uh, wrapping your tentacles around them. You know, I think Dale Carnegie said the sweetest word in the English language is your own first name. And so the more you can be interested mm-hmm. rather than interesting, it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot easier to make those deals happen.
1: Mm-hmm. That is so important. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. And be able to listen to people and really um, relate to what they're saying, you know, is, is so important, but also understand who you're talking to, who's on the other side of the table, you know, what's important to them without them necessarily telling you, you know, what's important to them, uh, in this scenario or, or whatever's happening, whether it's someone who's considering investing with you or someone that's considering selling you the real estate they'd own for 20 years, or, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's important to understand what, what's the biggest concern in this thing. Cause it's not, it's often, it's not money, you know, it's actually not money. It's, Right, it's making right. sure
0: the transaction is not painful. Right, that's right. Yeah, making sure it closes. Can they? You know, are they trustworthy? And it it also helps to to really. I use the analogy of shooting with a rifle rather than shooting with a shotgun. And so for us, there are five criteria that all have to be met in order for us to entertain them. In fact, when you apply all five of these criteria, there are only about six hundred and thirty properties in the central Florida market. So we know them by address of everything that we want to own. Mm -hmm. So when you're, again, when you're looking at, we sort of call it a bottoms up approach. And a lot of people say, take top down. Well, we like Dallas. We like Houston. We like Orlando. We like, you know, so they take this very top down approach. It works for a lot of people. I'm not saying it doesn't work. But if you flip it around and you say, well, what's every address that I would like to know? like, what's defined the market by the address? And so the five criteria for us is it has to be built after 1970. Of course, that helps with the control for the deferred maintenance. Florida climate is not so harsh as maybe it is in the Chicago or, you know, like a Connecticut or New York. Uh, it's got to be a hundred units. Um, it's multifamily only. A lot of guys in the multifamily space also do student housing. Uh, we do no student housing. We're just uh, straight up workforce housing. Uh, workforce housing is basically the term that ref- refers to the tenant makes $75,000 or less. So a lot of, so the workforce housing concept is really that C product or that B product. And uh, it's gotta be located in central or north central Florida. And it has to have traded at least 30 months ago, the last time it changed hands. So when you apply those five, product- uh, five criteria, the only 630 addresses that, and, and they change in a uh, costar. And most of it, we look at the data about 8% of them turnover every year. So if you take 630 times 8%, that's about 50 transactions a year, roughly one week. So we know that it's plenty to support our business model. And we want to shoot with a rifle that has a scope on it, not a spray and pray shotgun, which further substantiates the inch wide, mile deep geo niching, where again, uh, to your point, Aaron, earlier, plenty of people make money and have been very successful in the wide area concept. Uh, it's just not the way we go to market.
1: Sure. Sure. And you know, it's, when you're marketing, it's so important to be not wasting your dollars and sending letters or, um, online ads or whatever it is you're focusing on how, how to touch these individuals. Uh, it, it costs money. You know, I, I spend seven, $9,000 sometimes on, on mailing pieces every month. Uh, you know, we'll do online marketing as well, social media, you know, $60 a day, just continuous, like going, 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 you know, and uh, so it's a lot, you know, really does add up. And uh, you have to make sure I've made the mistake every business owner of just, you know, throwing a dart with your eyes closed sometimes. You know, to marketing. <laughs> or, you know, I got a free list and I'll apply like five grand to it, but then figure out the list. The, the reason it was free is because, you know, everyone else hits so, up. Yeah, all those mistakes. But yeah, definitely. When you create your own list like that, when you create your target market and narrow down exactly what you're looking for, you know, that's what business is. Business is particulars. Business is a system, you know, and I think uh, sometimes we get mixed up in the glamour of it all and we forget the nitty gritty that it's actually being a good business owner is about just having a very very particular uh, scope and just knowing exactly what you're looking for and and shooting as close to the target as possible day mm-hmm. after day, um, and then you know finally when you hit the target, fine tuning that even further and. And uh, so, yeah, it's, I think you definitely the the nail on the head there. Uh, Have you found uh, any, any great deals down there?
0: Yeah. yeah, uh, So we're working on uh, one right now. It's a $27 million transaction in Tampa. Tampa market is pretty competitive. Uh, There's about a thousand people a day moving to Florida that has been accelerated by the pandemic. Uh, the, The joke is when you go to the grocery store here, Pretty much what you hear is a New Yorker yelling down the hallway to his wife in a Brooklyn accent. That's what you hear at the grocery store, okay. and uh, we got all these New Yorkers moving down here, and uh, and a lot of blue collar jobs have been created. So so that's that's we're hot and heavy into that one right now, and that's consuming, you know, a lot of uh, what we're doing. But we're we're underwriting probably. Roughly eight to ten properties a week. You know, for every you know, the ratio is like you got to underwrite about about a hundred. You're probably going to make eight to ten offers. You'll get one. Uh, it's in, and I think the competition in Florida is increasing, so that's probably maybe twenty offers to get one. It's probably more closer to the ratio today. But you know, there are pockets. You also mentioned you know, you have your podcast. Well, one of the really uh, interesting things. And I'll go back to Dan Sullivan, strategic coach calls this thing called the unique ability. And uh, we know that one of my unique abilities is talking to people. I love talking to people like you. I love interviewing people on my podcast. And so we can, because we know who we, whose properties we want to buy, we can just invite them on our podcast. Now, not everybody says yes, but you know, one out of 10 will say yes, they'll come on. We can develop a relationship with them. And you can probably bet when that guy thinks about trading that property, he's He's probably gonna come back to the guy who knows him, who likes him and trusts him, who gave him a platform, who gave him a chance to tell a story. So, that was the main genesis for starting the podcast for us, is so we can interview the owner operators whose properties we wanna eventually buy.
1: Yeah, and that's a great idea. You know, I, I do have people in my business, you know, that, um, you know, I, I, it, it's interesting when I find people that are, even if they're an investor, but maybe they're doing something outside of real estate or they've been a successful real estate investor or realtors or different um people but landlords that's a good idea i really haven't thought in inviting landlords on our uh you know the thing is a lot of the guys we're talking to are pretty grumpy old men you know? it's like, i'm not sure how much fun they'd be on the podcast you know
0: but everybody's got a story inside of them and problem the problem is most people are not interested In the story. So we will typically go through the apartment associations. So these are nonprofits that are the lobbying organizations for the multifamily industry. And so you can become, you know, you pay the fee, become a member. Now you can reach out and network with these folks as a fellow member of an association, which is a way different way then you're going to be cold calling them or cold emailing them or reaching out to LinkedIn and a guy doesn't know you. That's just a whole different way. So there's a trust factor there when you're sort of peers, if you will, when you're both in, say, an apartment association or whatever, you know, for, for whatever niche the audience is, is thinking about that. That's also uh, something else we did when we moved to Florida that we did relatively quickly to try to, again, try to build that pipe of relationships. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. great great no yeah that's that is all about it, is being able to connect with people and when you're connecting on a public stage there's even more trusts involved you mm-hmm. know and, and there's um just a whole other level of uh recognition and also uh allowing you to show your your worth very quickly as a business owner and saying hey here's my platform you know and we've got a bunch of uh people in our meetup group four thousand people people our meetup group so it's nice to kind of give nice. exposure to people getting started maybe or you know yeah people, uh,
0: really that's good great brand
1: yeah absolutely and uh okay that's good stuff that's good stuff uh, mike so i see you're a doctor mike lawrence what's what, uh, what your doctorate in
0: <laughs> i play one on tv no i'm, I'm just kidding uh, i have a phd in business and it's in the area of talent acquisition and management which is just a fancy way for saying how do you find and hire and manage the top one percent of people which there's a whole science behind it and i wrote a dissertation about it and really was fundamentally plagued by this problem as an entrepreneur and so that's why i decided to go there again an inch wide and a mile deep and really get behind the science and the best practices and the strategies of how to bring on and and really create great teams
1: cool wow let's check that out all right so how can people find you learn more about what you're doing
0: yeah, thank you so much for having me on Aaron. It's been a blast. A couple different ways to reach out to us. Uh, you can roll over to our website floridamultifamilygroup.com. That's f l multi family group.com. Uh, you can. Uh, there's a contact us page uh, we have a free Florida multifamily investor kit even if you never even invest with us uh, it's probably a pretty good resource for you it's 297 bucks of product and content and uh, some of our best secrets that we've learned about the Florida multifamily games you can roll over there to floridamultifamilygroup.com slash kit pick up your free kit we pay for the kit all you do is take care of shipping and uh, whether you invest with us or anybody else it'll make you smart about the Florida market and uh, what uh, what's going on here so those would be probably the two best ways to connect
1: Oh, excellent, excellent. All right, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on. I'm definitely going to check you out a little bit more and keep following you there. And of course, I'm Aaron Fragnito, your, co- your host here, of the Passive Cash Flow Podcast and co-owner of People's Capital Group. You can check us out at peoplescapitalgroup.com. And we focus on the New Jersey market and the uh, South Jersey market with short-term rentals and apartment buildings in North Jersey. And uh, Mike here focuses on the Florida market. So he's your down South man. If you want to get some sun, if you're more about skiing or um <laughs> oh boy what is Jer- oh, it's hard to sell jersey over florida okay <laughs> <laughs> moving, right
0: <along>. <laughs> <laughs> moving right along
1: no i love florida actually we're probably gonna go uh, visit down there later this year um absolutely mike thanks for coming on so much glad to have you enjoy your day
0: thank you so much